What's going on, folks? Welcome to the Nick and Nick Movies and Television Podcast. It's been a while. It's been a long time. It's been like three years, something like that. So much has happened. So much has happened that I had to come back. We had to come back and do some sort of... This is probably a one-off. I'll get sick of doing this again. But yeah, you know, it's podcast time. What's happened in three years? It's kind of ironic, you know... Three years we haven't released episodes. That's when the most interesting things in the movie industry happen. That's just how it goes. Like, uh, let's see. Movie Pass. Regal Unlimited. Both kind of started and ended because, you know, the movies are closed right now. Uh, AMC went to war with Universal. And right now we decided to re- release an episode when the movie theaters are closed due to a pandemic. So I'm sure this information is all going to be very important to you, being that you can't even go to the movies. It's it's going to be great. What happened in my personal life in the three years since we've released an episode? Three years. Wow. Come back like Larry David and Curb. Just whenever we feel like it. We have no obligation. We didn't get paid a dime to do this, to entertain the masses. And by masses, I mean friends who are annoyed and feel obligated to listen to a half an hour of our ramblings. Uh, What happened? I fell in love. Got engaged to a woman. That might surprise a lot of folks who think I'm like Billy Eichner. But in reality, I just like pop culture. You know? I'll, I'll read the Inquirer if it's in front of me. I won't go out of my way to buy it. I'll tell you what. My mom always used to have a stack of the Inquirers on, in, in the bathroom. And I'd go in there and, you know, take care of business and just read the Inquirer. Inquiring minds need to know. And and I was like, you know, they were hand-me-down Inquirers. Whenever we'd go to my dad's parents' house, we'd get just like a stack of inquiries. And I was like, man, Grandma, Liz, she really likes to read the Inquirer. Turns out I found out years later, my mom was like, yeah, you know, it's your grandfather. So I was like, Grandpa, the the Army veteran reads the Inquirer. I was like, yeah, you know. And I found out, it was, and my mom was like, you know, they're not always right. They're hardly ever right. But when they are, they're first. And that's, you know, I appreciate that. Yes, you say some, say some crap, see what sticks. I'll tell you what. If you ever pick up an Inquirer, you go straight to the advertisements, you are going to see the craziest stuff you've ever seen in your entire life. Like, everyone thinks there's these... Old people have these little... They're called Precious Moments dolls. They're these little ceramic dolls that kind of look like a cross between angels and ghosts. They're very unsettling. And they have them all over their house. Uh, very creepy. But then but then there's stuff that's worse. You have no idea. They had a statue. It was like a long... This thing is like the size of half a coffee table. And it's, I kid you not, it was Princess Diana playing tennis with, I want to say Jesus or an angel, in heaven. Like the, like the tennis court was on a cloud. It was surreal. And someone who loves Princess Diana is like, this is wonderful. I need this. I need to have this in my home. They clip out that little sheet of paper in there. Because there's no, there's no, you're not buying this through Amazon or an app or something. You're buying this out of the, out of, you know, with the piece of paper. You take that envelope, you write your name and address on it, put a little money order information. I don't even know how money order works. I'm assuming it's much like, uh, you know, Zelle or the Cash App or, or Venmo, but for older folks. Or you, you drop a check in there too. Who knows? Mail that up, stick a stamp on it. Write your, you know, fill out the return address because you, you need this thing. And, it, and you need to know if you don't get it. You write the return address. You need to know if you're not getting it. You mail that out and then you get your statue. And then people come to your home and they're like, hey, what's 
Is that, uh, is that Princess Diana playing tennis with Jesus in heaven? It's not kitschy or tacky at all. That's wonderful. But I digress. I'm getting, getting off topic here. What are you talking about? Oh, so yeah, my fiance, she's awesome. She's awesome. In fact, she's big into movies like me. It works right out. On our second date, we went to the movies. She spilled a gallon of popcorn in my car. And, you know, the rest is history. And we got Movie Pass together. We got scammed on Movie Pass together. Then we got scammed on Regal Unlimited. But Regal Unlimited is less of a scam because we go to a movie's absurd amount of times. It's only a scam now because the movie's been closed for six months. But that's not Regal's fault. That's some COVID-19 issue. And, you know, things are good. By now, you're probably wondering, where is where is the other Nick? Where's Nick Ricardo? And I regret to inform folks that Nick Ricardo is dead. Uh... You know, he was walking in Brooklyn, um, just walking down the sidewalk, normal day. I'm assuming he was tweeting something about Kevin James or trying to do post something that was witty in remembrance of Jerry Stiller's death, and he just fell down a manhole. He just fell down the manhole. And that's the end of Nick Ricardo. Um, they brought him to Mount Sinai Hospital. Turned out he just had a sprained ankle. They fixed that up. He's living in Queens right now. He's dead to... I should clarify. He's dead to me. He's doing quite well, actually. But he's dead to me. Um, just because he's not here recording this podcast with me right now. But he said that we, we would do it. We'd have a good time. I'm sure we'd have a good time doing it. But the fact that he's not here right now... Speaking, speaking of Nick Ricardo. Also, since this... Also, since we've recorded uh, his two favorite people. You know, Adam Sandler had the movie Uncut Gems, which I'll talk more about. Kevin James had some movie where he plays a neo-Nazi and he acts like some serious actor. I hear is very, very good wild stuff um but yeah i just you know i miss him quite frankly but he is dead to me um in fact last time i saw him i saw him over the weekend at a uh, a bachelor party for one of our friends louis Cazetto. we name names on this podcast and a lot of people don't name names that's the nick and nick difference we'll name names speaking of which joe Ruggiero didn't show up to that to that bachelor party i don't know why he might have had a very valid reason but you probably owe louis about 40 bucks we were supposed to go camping but then the campsite got shut down not because of covid but because a hurricane wiped out the campsite so, we had a camp in Lewis's backyard. It was a great time. It was as much fun as we would have had camping too. It was just a good time. We went to the park, played frisbee, got sweaty, had a good time. Drank, stogies, you know, the works. Good time. But, uh, yeah, Giorgio, you probably owe Lewis like 40 bucks. Get back to him on that. Uh, I don't think Giorgio likes me, which will make this all the more funny. But, hey, we name names here. We don't really care that much. All right, let's see. What else we got to talk about? I got off track. Nick Ricardo's dead to me. Um, speaking of dead. So I'm at this bachelor party. I get back. I ask my fiance who loves me very much. And I love her very much. Like, oh, did you miss me being gone? You know? And she was like, well, it was it was nice. I got to sleep with the body pillow instead of you. So that was nice to hear, you know, that, you know, I could be replaced with basically a burlap sack filled with, with, with down feathers. That's good. You know, most people, they would... You know, I don't want to. I don't want her to suffer too long. You know, I don't want to jump. But I don't want her to jump back into the dating scene right away. If I if I die, you know, I don't. Want, uh, you know, I would think that she'd come to this empty apartment and then see my things and you know smell my clothes and be like, oh my god, I'm depressed. At least for a little bit, you know, be a little depressed. But no, I get, if as long as I leave behind, I don't even have to leave behind like money or a house or anything. Just as long as I leave on, behind that that pillow, it's a good pillow. But that's all she'll be left with is that pillow. You know, if I die. And you folks, the listeners, you will be left with these, you know, these brilliant archives of a misunderstood genius. 
Um, but yeah, so I hope I don't die, but Katie, you're in good hands. We got a couple body pillows. You'll be all right, I guess. That was nice to hear. I kid, though, in case Katie's the one to hear this, you know, if she listens or someone tells her, like, I know you love me. It was just a joke. It was actually a funny joke that she said it, but also she means a little bit. I could be replaced by a pillow. That's all right. But movie theaters, I tell you what, the world's the world's crazy right now. You know, right outside my window, let me open up these blinds here. You could hear that, the blinds opening. Right now, right outside my window, Antifa and the police are shooting each other in the streets. I just saw coronavirus attack someone. Uh, a global pandemic is taking over. But I do have about 8,000 Regal points, which is about half a ticket or an upgrade to some popcorn. And the movie theaters are opening back up next week, so that's good. I saw Anthony Fauci, the CDC guy, he was throwing out the first pitch at a baseball game. He had the mask on, but he was at the baseball game, and they're not in a bubble league, which means they're moving all over the country. And his 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 baseball number had the number 19 on the back for COVID-19, which I thought was pretty funny. So I don't know. When he's on TV, I don't know if it's like, we're going to die, or he's going to be at the White House again and say, like, you know, the cure to COVID-19, now we think it's all-you-can-eat riblets at Applebee's, you know? It's now sponsored by all-you-can-eat riblets at Applebee's, so that's the cure. Who knows? I hear, you know, take Tylenol. Don't take Tylenol. Or Advil. I don't know, because one of them... You know, I hear, uh, make sure you lose weight, which, yeah, that's always good. Who knows? Who knows? We have no idea. But people are ready. People are ready to go back to the movies, to back to their normal life. I'm going next Friday. You know, I have this Regal Unlimited Pass thing. They're tacking on a free month to it, acting like, oh, it's a, it's a thank you. Here's the real reason why. The first month after these movie theaters reopen... They don't have anything good to show. They're showing quote-unquote classics, some of which include like Gremlins 2, the new batch. Some of them are good. But then some of them, you know, you got Inception, Interstellar, both, uh, all the Dark Knight trilogy, which, good movies in their own right, you know, the Dark Knight especially, one of the, it's the best superhero movie ever, but let's see what, let's say what these really are. They want you to come in and spend five bucks, because they're discounted, of course, to see these movies because they're an advertisement for Christopher Nolan's Tenet which is going to be awesome. I have to say, I work for Warner Brothers, so these opinions are solely my own, blah, blah, blah. But Tenet actually does look pretty damn awesome. And I want to see it really bad. But let's call a spade a spade here. You know, uh, Inception is a little bit of an overrated movie. It's not a it's not a classic. Like, they have some other real classics in there. They got, you know, they got Jaws, and they have Jurassic Park, and, and uh, you name it. But all those Christopher Nolan ones in there, besides The Dark Knight, are there because they're advertisements. To get people to see Tenet, which I'm fine with, but let's let's call a spade a spade here. That's why they're there, okay? That's why they're there. And if we're gonna talk about, you know, here's what's crazy: since the last time we, I have Real Unlimited, Real Unlimited is awesome. It's the it's my it's my one big splurge every single month. It's twenty two fifty, but now I go to the movies so often. Uh, we're t- like while while they were open, at least I haven't in like five months because they've been closed. But I'm talking multiple times a week. It's insane, it's insane. And Katie has it too. And here's what's wild. I'm not telling folks to do this. I'm not telling folks to do this at all. But you can, if you had, uh, if you wanted to bring someone with someone else's movie pass, and you had their QR code saved to your phone, and you go to that ticket kiosk in uh, that's not a person because it has your picture. It has your picture next to that QR code. So if you go buy the ticket from the person, they look and say like, "Well, that's not you." But if you go to the kiosk, it doesn't check, and you could get a ticket, and you could bring your friend instead if you're if you're fiance or or wife is 
is working that day and you want to bring a friend to the movies for free instead of paying a 1350 uh i'm just saying i mean you know in case regal hears this it's, it's a loophole around the system but i'm not saying to do this i'm not saying to do that all i'm saying is it's that easy it's that easy like if you were to you know and if you were to get candy at the dollar store and bring it in in your pocket and then when the security guard says what's that bulge you say how dare you i have a colostomy bag how dare you try to pat me down this movie theater and you go in and eat your dollar box of dots because you're not spending five dollars at the movie theater and let's face it every single movie theater across the country has the dollar store next door whose sole business is to sell candy for a fifth of the price that the movie theater sells i'm not saying that you should do that but i'm saying it's easy to do that's all i'm saying but don't do that but if you want to know more tricks you know, you reach out to me, I'll let you know, just because you can't, you're not going to do this, but I, I'll let you know what the loopholes are. Just, it's like, it's, it's kind of like the radar detector thing. Like, I don't know how on Amazon you're allowed, you could buy radar detectors to just know where cops are, but you're not allowed to use it. And then now, you know, the, the Android auto apps, they just write in Google maps, you click the button and say, Hey, is there a, a speed trap still here? I'm like, this is legal. Google's like, yeah, man, let's, Nobody pay for traffic tickets again. I love it, don't get me wrong, but I was like, I thought this was illegal. I don't know. I don't think the bringing the candy into theaters is illegal anyway. Like, I don't know if they have grounds to stand on. Who knows? Who knows? I thought they had to provide you water too, but now they got to close down the water fountains because of the coronavirus. I don't know. Things, things are wild. But yeah, Real Unlimited, it's, it's awesome. If you're going to go, they get more money because who's going to go to the movies twice a month anyway, unless you're a crazy person like me. And now I go unlimited times, but it's, it's you know, they're still getting twenty two fifty for me. And then it doesn't cost them a penny more if they have the open seats in there and I'm going to see the same movie nine times in a row. In fact, they get more because I get popcorn and soda and God, you know, God knows because you can't get the popcorn at the Dallas store next door. So they, they're making money off this. It's pretty awesome, actually. I, I love it. I love it. It's my one indulgence each month and it's great. Movie Pass, on the other hand, since I th I don't think Movie Pass existed when when we did our last episode. Movie Pass has started and gone out of business within the time of our two episodes, which we've taken a little bit of time, but that's wild. Movie Pass was an insane venture. It was an insane idea from the start. First of all, it started out at forty bucks, and it started out in like New York City and I want to say LA. And the idea was they would get people to pay for the service and then they give you a debit card and you know how it works they give you the debit card and you go as many times as you want to the movies the problem is this with it you know uh if you're gonna buy if you were gonna buy movie pass and say you're gonna buy it for 40 bucks and you weren't gonna go to the movies at least four times in a month which is an insane amount even for me like i don't know i don't always go four times a month when the theaters are open and i'm like obsessed with movies if you were gonna go four times a month it wasn't worth it to you and if you were going more than four times a month it was taking money from MoviePass. So then MoviePass drops their rate to 10 bucks a month to basically it's like an insane publicity stunt to get everyone on board. Um, obviously every one of them mother, you know, millions of people sign up for this thing, including myself. If you go to movies once a month, it's worth it. I was going daily. I was going daily. And in fact, the benefits you were getting with this were better than the movies from Regal Unlimited because every time you went, you would get points you would get regal points. So I was going to see movies I didn't see just I didn't want to see just to get the points. Sometimes I'd go and I'd pay for a ticket uh, with the regal pass with the I'm sorry, with the movie pass just to get the points or just to get like there there these promotions where if you see 3 or 4 mo movies at Regal by the same company, you get them digitally for free, you get all these bonuses like free popcorn and god knows what. I was going wasting $13 of movie passes money just to get points and I would go home because the theater's a couple blocks from my house not by design I just lucked out and also it helps with my movie addiction it was insane it was insane everybody had this thing 
to, it, it got to the point where now this, and then the company, you know, they obviously couldn't afford it. So they kept taking out more loans for millions and millions and millions of dollars. Um, they needed such huge cash injections that they started this other promotion where if I paid a year in advance by, uh, via my debit card, um, I would get like, uh, even cheaper. It was like eight bucks a month. So I ended up paying like a hundred bucks and I was like, yeah, this is great. And then the movie, and then it went out of business that year. So there is a class action lawsuit where I'm supposed to get some of my money back. I'm not going to really get my money back. Maybe 10 years from now, I'll get some email like, oh, you're part of this class action lawsuit. I'll get like an $8 check. Then five years after that, who knows? But I still got my money's worth. It was nuts. It was like in that first four months before they went out of business, while I spent that like $100, I went to the movies still like, I don't know, 20 times or something insane. I cost them hundreds, hundred dollars. And then they would like towards the end of the business, they would, they would pull all kinds of illegal crap. You could see it happening. If you had the, they would call all, pull all kinds of illegal crap to make sure that you couldn't see the movies that they were advertised on there. So they started advertising only certain movies on certain days. And then, oh, you couldn't see it in its first week. All things that wasn't really going to save the money because I was going to figure out how to go and get and go see these movies if I had but then they pull this crap where you'd say like oh I want to okay they're going to show you know uh Venom at uh seven o'clock so then I'd go to the movie and then an hour before the movie like when I get to the theater that movie's not on the app anymore so then you talk to customer service and they're intentionally slow the only way you can talk to customer service is through the app and then they slow 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 and then they say oh we figured it out they say they figured it out once the movie's already started and you can't get a ticket anymore so I started getting wise to that I would say like look I'm trying to, I'd go to the theater because it's a couple blocks from my house because you have to be at the theater to, to get the, t the ticket. I go to the theater. I would say, okay, yeah, I'm trying to get the app, get the ticket through the app now. It's not working. And I'd say, listen, and then I would just reach out to their customer service immediately say, listen, I want to get this ticket. It says it's working. And then I would have everything ready. I was like, I restarted the app. I reinstalled the app. Everything you said, I did it, I did it, I did it, I did it. And once in a while, they would like give you a hand because I guess they probably still had like a couple hundred bucks in the bank. They're giving me a ticket. And I was like, these are the final days of this. And then finally they closed, and but I got my $100 worth well in advance before it. Uh, stupid idea for a company. Really, really stupid. They had this other idea for a company. They were going to spin up multiple things. Like, we're going to be... But the, the business model made no sense. They were going to start this thing, this dystopian idea of we're going to give out movie tickets then for free in the future, but you have to watch these ads on your phone. And then the, it would, the app would need permissions to your camera so it could tell if the, your iris in your eyes were actually looking at the ads. Like, you know, think about the, the scene from A Clockwork Orange where the guy's eyes are propped open and he's being shoved propaganda or something in his eyeballs. That's what they were going to do to you. That's what MoviePass was going to do. Watch that movie where they're holding your eyes. That's what the, the CEO of MoviePass wanted to do to you. And then if you watched for enough and wasted enough time watching these ads, he would once in a while think about giving you a free ticket. It's wild business practice. Totally insane. Totally nuts. But that business is over. Regal and AMC both thought, hey, you know, this is a good idea. And we could actually do it sustainably because it doesn't cost them. I don't think a penny more if you're seeing it. I don't know how. Here's the thing. I don't know how the kickbacks to the movie companies work on with these subscription services. Because the, the movie companies, they're showing... Every week they show like, oh, here's our box office numbers. But how do they factor these in? If I go to see 10 movies in a month, is it actually costing Regal more? Because as far as like me sitting in the seat, it costs them nothing. That seat's open anyway, usually. Like very rare that the movies sell out as much as you think because you go on opening weekend to see your Disney and Marvel movies. But that's really it that sells out. And it's really only the first weekend they sell out. And you still end up getting in there. So I don't know how they factor that. And if it does cost some money, I don't know if they have to give, you know, say three bucks or whatever it is, some kickback. I looked it up online to try to see. And the best answer I got was someone saying, oh, in the UK, they've been doing this for years. They have services. Like, okay, great. They've been doing this for years. That doesn't really answer my question. I hate when people are, don't get me started. They may ask a question like, oh, how does this work? Well, someone else has been doing it. All right. It doesn't really explain how it works, but 
Okay. But they have some sort of system. And I'm sure it costs them less than shelling out 13 something for a ticket like MoviePass was. It didn't make any sense. Um, and it's steady stream of revenue, steady stream. Of, like, that's when like, you see these in games and subscription and like, uh, you know, Xbox Games Pass. And we have Netflix and all these companies now. And it's steady stream of revenue. Steady stream of revenue is going to be, you know, a one-time purchase every day. Why, like, now the new thing is, why can we sell you a product? We could sell you, sell you a steady stream of stuff that you are never going to use. And my whole thing is you get them, get your get your money's worth out of it. Get your money's worth out of it if you're going to have one of these steady stream things, you know. Cancel your Netflix subscription if you're going to only watch it once every three years when the new season of Stranger Things comes out. And then and then use a, a free account for a week or, or, or pay for a month. Or get the username password from the girl who lives upstairs from your freshman dorm in college 10 years ago and continue to use it for 10 years, even though she's married and has a kid now, uh, saving you like do that, you know, do that. Uh, I'm not saying I do that, but I'm not saying I don't either. You know what I mean? Wink, wink. Uh, but I don't know, man, the movie, the movie business is just, it's changed now. Let's talk about the war that AMC and universal went into. So coronavirus pandemic starts, all these movie theaters, theaters are closed. Movie companies decide we're going to release our mid-tier movies. Not the biggest movies they have. And again, I have to say, I work for Warner Brothers, so I'm not saying it's good or bad. But, like, Disney is Disney is not going to release um, Captain Marvel or Star Wars movie straight to digital that they had spent hundreds of millions of dollars for to be released in theaters. Because that's where they make the big money off it. Uh, Warner Brothers is not going to release Tenet that way. But... Um, you know, Disney's going to release Artemis Fowl via Disney+. Plus. WB's going to release Scoob as a straight-to-digital... Uh, like Scooby-Doo remake to a straight-to-digital, and that keeps the lights on during all this pandemic. You know, it keeps things moving. Um, but then Universal says, like, every single one of their movies, which goes against everything I just said, they can say every single one of their movies is going to be released to digital on the same day it's in theaters, which is a wild move. AMC says... Um, well, then we're not showing any Universal movies in our theaters ever. Which I thought Regal was the biggest movie theater chain in the company in the country. Apparently not. Apparently it's AMC. AMC, uh, basically, like, you AMC would be crippled by this because people like if everyone else follows suit, if Disney and Warner Brothers and Universal, like all these companies follow suit, NBC, NBC is Universal. If they all follow suit here, the movie theaters just can't survive because a lot of people have already said, oh, I'll pay and buy it at home. I'd rather buy it at home, which I disagree with, but that's what people want to do. Um, so they go to war. They finally strike some deal where now Universal is going to release things to digital 17 days after they're in theaters, which is to me is effectively the same thing. Like, this is wild. Like, a lot of people wait two weeks. The movie, the movie... What used to happen in the 80s and 70s was, and you can see Tom Tom Cruise talked about this. He said he was on, I forget what movie he was in, Top Gun or something like that. And it was it was in theaters for like a year. And then it hit VHS like two and a half years after that. And you know, my parents talk about this all the time. Like, that's the way it was. If you didn't see it in theaters and you had that year-long window, you had to wait like two and a half years to get it on VHS. Nowadays, the movie's not in th- the the box office the the opening weekend is everything it's everything it's wild and then if you don't see the movie in a few weeks it's gone because there's just more movies now they need to shove into theaters right now and but then you now you can get it on digital a couple months later and now it's gonna be 17 days later like 
movie theaters might in in five ten years they might not exist in the way they do now. It's, and and Steven Spielberg called this. He said it's going to be a premium experience. It, it's like it's what happened to 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 pro sports and started with baseball. You should be able to go to the go to the Mets game for eight bucks or you'd you'd give. You'd cut out milk box cartons and you trade them in for tickets, and then it was like a thing. And people in the in the nosebleeds up top, they would moo and ring cowbells because they got their free milk carton tickets. And now you want to go to a a pro sporting event? I went to the Jets game last year because someone gave me tickets, gave me and Katie tickets. the The parking was like forty five bucks to park, to park. How are you gonna not park at the stadium? You have to park to go there. It's insane. It's like, yeah, like, what if you get there and you only have forty bucks? You know, forty-five. Like, sorry, go away with your several hundred dollar tickets. It's insane. It's insane. That's where the movie industry is headed. It's a you're not going every other week type thing. It was. Uh, it's a. It's a you're going on special occasions. It's a lot of money, and it's sad because the movies were supposed to be the art form for the blue collared man. It was supposed to be the the every man's piece of entertainment, and it, you know, it's not going away. You're gonna watch these movies in the streaming service, but it was something to get out. And, and do and it was fun and it's really sad that it's moving in that direction and and it's kind of ironic that Steven Spielberg is the one that's that's uh, he was the one that called like this is gonna happen he said it's horrible because and for all those reasons I just said but then he was like you know Hollywood they're they're turning these movies they're not pieces of art anymore they're theme park attractions and they're gonna cost you a lot of money and they're not coming out with original ideas they're just pumping out sequels and remakes and and reboots and all this stuff and then he proceeds to make six Transformers movies, which is everything against what he said. You know, these are, the, and they each pull in a billion dollars, and, but I guess, you know, he's going to say, oh, I'm calling it this horrible thing's going to happen, but then doing it, it's like, well, what a better way to prove that you're right than to just do it. Um, then he came out with two dog shit Jurassic Park sequels, too, called Jurassic World and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, which, oh my God. The second one, they were like, oh, we have, uh, we have Jeff Goldblum back. He was in the movie for 20 seconds. He was in the trailer for as long as he was in the movie. You know, they only had him in the movie so they could swindle you into buying the ticket. It had nothing to do with the plot. He just talks to Congress about dinosaurs for 20 seconds, just like he did in the trailer. It was really stupid. Man, I've been ranting for longer than I thought. These used to go, these used to go about half an hour. These used to go about, I, have, I have more to talk about. Let's talk about it. Here's, here's the biggest robbery of the Oscars in the past few years. Uncut Gems didn't get a single nomination. Not a single one. The Safdie brothers are the up-and-coming directors in this com- in this country. They're like the next uh, Quentin Tarantino, and they're getting like young people who don't know anything about movies, excited about movies because they're doing real-world stuff with really cool actors, and like, I cannot say how cool that movie is. Um, they're really cool directors. Let's talk about the casting first. Adam Sandler. They showed that Adam Sandler can really act, which up until now, everyone's talked about Adam Sandler and uh, Punch Drunk Love. He does good acting in that movie, but that movie itself is overrated and sucked. And it's it's like hipster and obscure just for the point of being obscure. It doesn't make sense. It's stupid. This movie's actually good. Um, and then the rest of the casting in the movie, like um, Kevin Garnett, the ex-NBA player, plays himself, which is great because he can do a great job at playing himself. Let's see who else. There's, there's that other actor I like. Hold on. Uncut. I'm, I'm typing... Right now, Uncut Gems cast. Um, Lakeith Stanfield, he's a great actor. 
he's a weird, weird, weird guy. If you see him, like he he stays in character even through like press interviews and stuff. But he's a he's a good actor, and he's good as like this hustler in the movie who helps bring business to Adam Sandler, whether it be these famous athletes or rappers, because like The Weeknd is in the movie too, and he knows him. But then but then like other people in the world in in this movie, like Julia Fox, she plays Adam Sandler's trashy side girlfriend at his at his garish apartment in New York City. She's never acted in anything. She's just like a your typical New York City girl who. Long Island, New York City, she has a little bit of money, but she's still trashy and, you know, has no problem being a side chick and all this stuff. And she's great because she just plays trashy version of herself. And here's how I find out that a lot of these guys in this movie, other, you know, Judd Hirsch is in it, Eric Bogosian is in it. These guys are real actors, but guys like Mike Francesa playing, you know, uh, just a guy with a New York City accent who's like a sports bookie. He's a sports announcer. He could play this guy. Keith, Keith William Richards plays the guy Phil, the mobster. I, I don't think he's really an actor too. He's like a, he's like a, a degenerate. Some of the guys in the casinos in the movie were people that the Safety brothers just walked up to and said, do you want to be in a movie tomorrow? These guys are great at playing themselves, and the movie comes over like, wow, these guys are great actors. Not really. They just cast the people who are these parts. Here's how I found out this before I went into the rabbit hole on this. I got my engagement ring from a guy named named Ricky. Ricky's Jewelers uh, in Sable, New York. He's fantastic. If you're going to buy a diamond ring, he's the best. Um, I asked him if he saw the movie because I was like, you know, a lot of the movies about the guys in the Diamond District in Manhattan who sell these diamonds. He said, yeah, in fact, a lot of my friends are in the movie. I was like, get out of here. So this guy, Ricky, he owns the, the jewelry shop on Long Island. He has his diamond factory uh, is in the Diamond District in Manhattan. Best diamonds in the world. Really, really cool. So I was trying to get into it because of the movies. I was trying to learn about it. It was awesome. But, uh, but for all the people in the movies who play jewelers outside of Adam Sandler, those are all people who work in the Diamond District in Manhattan. So the guys who he hocks Kevin Garnett's ring to, those two guys are real jewelers. That's their shop. The guy who works for Adam Sandler that quits on him after six years that gets the gets the black opal or whatever it is, the, the something opal out of the fish. He's another, He's like Ricky's close friend. So they just they cast all people that are, you know, real people being themselves so the guys in the movies who are talking about diamonds they actually know what they're talking about the guys who are hustlers they really are hustlers the guys who are gambling degenerates are really gambling degenerates it's it's awesome um so that was really cool and nothing about these guys with this movie you're gonna keep hearing like oh it's the they're the they're the they're the new kings of anxiety filmmaking you're like what is that like the film makes you feel anxious and you don't really know why Part of it you do know why. It's about a guy who's who's always up against the ropes and gambling way too much. He's, he's like a gambling degenerate, gambling way more than he should. He has a problem. It's destroying himself. It's destroying his family. And he's slowly barreling towards like a a, um, a disaster. Towards a, it, it's, it's just a bad situation. But how do they make it feel so tense? So they do a lot of things that you just don't don't normally expect from normal directors to do. They don't they don't. You know, they don't try to make the actors look good. They're trying to make these despicable characters look bad. So what do they do? They zoom in a lot on them. They show a lot of their, um, they show a lot of their flaws. You know, whether I mean physical flaws like skin or hair. They make them look real greasy, or they, or you know, there's these. Um, when you show like a rich guy's apartment, it doesn't look elegant. It doesn't look exciting. It looks very garish. It looks like it's and they and they wrote in the script that like it looks like this guy outfitted his apartment through sharper image you know it's 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 expensive but it's junk and it makes them look really 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 bad and then the other thing to do is you'll notice that the way they cut the way they edit this movie they're not focusing on the person who's talking they're often focusing the camera on the person that's listening 
and just showing their like you know dead expression face while they're listening to crazy stuff being said to them and it's very unsettling and so the movie's supposed to make you feel unsettled which a lot of people hate this they'll just be like i feel icky after watching this movie that's you're supposed to be another movie that does this very well is the shining the original shining the way they did this was Stanley Kubrick would edit when the kid is there's like long multi-minute sequences where the kid is just on his he's he's riding his tricycle his big wheel tricycle through the hallways of the of the Overlook Hotel and he's you know the ground has switches from rug to hardwood rug to hardwood so you hear like this unsettling just noise that a kid would make just noise 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 that's really unsettling and then the way they cut the cameras is when he's turning corners and stuff he's driving in a layout that doesn't make sense and your brain doesn't register what's happening like the like the the layout would would go through rooms and kind of uncover itself like the layout doesn't make any sense same when they're running through the the maze outside the maze couldn't happen like they'll be like they'll turn to a spot where there would be a wall but now it's empty or vice versa and all your brain knows is that it's unsettling i'm unsettled i don't know what's going on um but it was really great uncut gems got robbed didn't get a single nomination Safety Brothers, another movie you guys should watch is on, is Good Time. It's on Netflix. Uh, the thing I, that got me into this, excited about this movie, because I was I was halfway through the movie, I was like, this is cool. And then they're at Adventureland on Long Island. I was like, oh my god, I grew up here. And they act, you could tell they filmed it at Adventureland. It's about you know at that part of the movie, these dirtbags they have like a bottle of acid and they hide it in the in the uh, in the haunted house there in the middle of the night. And then they drug the then they drug the security guard there so they can get away. And it's just about one like. Two-bit criminal, really dirtbag kind of guy just trying to get through the night and evade the police. But he also has some good intentions because he's trying to get his his mentally handicapped brother out of jail. He's trying to raise enough $10,000 so we can get him out of jail. Um, but he also uses that brother who's mentally handicapped to help him rob a bank. And it's a really uh, a cool, unsettling movie if you liked Uncut Gems. It's, I would argue, as good. The, the problem that both of these movies have is that there's no real resolution. They kind of just end. Um... You could argue that Uncut that Good Time has a little bit of resolution during the credits. If you've seen the movie, I won't spoil it for you. But both these movies kind of just end. It's the ending is maybe a little bit cooler in Uncut Gems because it's the ending feels real and it's it's like jarring and it's supposed to feel jarring and it's uns but I wish I would see a little more of what happens to the rest of the characters after the movie <coughs> after the movie finishes. Also, Good Time. Robert Pattinson is great. He's a good actor. Um, you know, it, it's it's easy to think of him as the Twilight guy, but watch anything else he's in, okay? Watch The Lighthouse, which is another is a very weird movie I could talk about in the future. But, uh, yeah. Uncut Gems is a good movie. Also, since we were talking about The Shining, uh, Doctor Sleep's a good movie. I'll talk about that more in the future. That was that was a big surprise because everything about that movie should have sucked, and it's a phenomenal movie. I think best horror movie in years. Uh, but, yeah. That's all that's uh, that's going on right now. I look. I'm looking forward to going back to the movies next Friday. I'm sure I'm going to get coronavirus and die, or get killed on the way by who knows what. You know, the the soup du jour of of violence going on and craziness in the world. But I'm going to get to see uh, Unhinged. That movie Unhinged, where what's his name? What's his name here? Who's in the movie? Russell Crowe, fat older Russell Crowe, talks about he just gets uh, he gets into a road range incident and I just goes on a murder spree. That's the vibe I get, but it looks very cheap and, and horrible. It's just they need to shove something in theaters while they reopen them because they expect like fifteen people to go back. But we'll see. I'll report back if I do another episode. Anyway, folks, it's been good. It's been a uh, good time, and I will see you all possibly in like three more years to talk about The Shining and and more about uh, The Lighthouse. Those two movies, but.
Have a good one. Nick Ricardo, come back. I miss you.